Hey, I'm McCoy here, and you are listening to the Solar Panel. Looks like bling blow, ayy. Yeah, you can't hold me down. Yeah, how you like me now? You won't beat the hell of a Oh no, Espo's mic Espo, is uh, down again. <laughs> oh man, we start we started late. We had bad mics. That's just how it goes on the show. Dave's internet gonna crap out at some point, and we know how. Oh. Hello and welcome everybody to another edition. I love, I love how Espo fan. drags everyone down with him. <laughs> hey, uh, can you guys? All right. How about we actually we start this thing now? Hello and welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Sun Solar Panel. Whether you're watching on the Fox Sports Arizona YouTube page, watching on the Sun Solar Panel. Uh, I messed that up, too. The Fox Sports Arizona Facebook page, the Sun Solar Panel YouTube page, or whether you're listening on demand, wherever you get your podcast, we're happy to have you with us. I am Greg Esposito. Ahoy, hoy. It was not my fault that we started late today. Uh, we just uh, didn't hit the go live button we right talking. at 8 o'clock. Yeah, so that's my fault. My that fault was Saul's right fault. Yeah, my that's fault. right. Uh, and <laughs> so you just drag Saul down. Yeah, I'm going to drag everybody down. If you're going to come day after- me. The, it's the look, day after Christmas. The time for being merry is over, I guess. Yeah, look, look. If, uh, if you're going to come at the king, you best not miss. Oh, that's, uh, that's what I'm saying. All right. Here yeah, we I'm go. The, king, the, guy, the guy next to me is the silver fox, uh, the Casanova. One Good Dave morning, king, folks. Dave. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Good. Uh, apparently better than my mic. So You know, your camera looks awesome, though. It actually it makes does. you look attractive in some ways. That's yeah. an awesome camera. Oh, I appreciate it. Thank you. I try to take some pride in this, but a, a new lighting and, and yet again, my camera still makes me. Yeah, so I looks like I know. I'm working on it. I'm sorry, people. I, I look mean, like I'm in a dark corner. This is all awesome. Yeah, <laughs> the, it's a great pod. The man under me is the uh, Carmel Thunder from Down Under, the one that's already spoken numerous times before being introduced. He's called Bookman. Oh, my gosh. Jeez. Don't ever bite the hand that feeds you, Espo. Gee, calm down now. Let's go. Dude, if you're the one feeding us, we're going to the food bank. (laughs) We're starving, buddy. It's a a damn famine out here is what it is. (laughs) How how was everybody's Christmas? It was fantastic. Better than the start of this show, I hope. <laughs> yes, uh, Christmas was excellent. I mean, as as good as Christmas can go. Obviously, we were in a very small group, all outdoors, um, so it wasn't your usual Christmas, but it was fun. We made it work. Nice How about you, Espo? Uh, good. When you have a four-year-old, Christmas is always fun. You get to see it through the eyes of uh, of a kid and the joy that they bring to it. So even a curmudgeon like me, uh, my heart was uh, slightly warmed. Uh, you know, it's it's kind of kind of like the so grand. How about you? It grew three sizes, but it's back down to tiny again today, yeah. thanks to you, gentlemen. So was right. yours good? <laughs> my. Mine was excellent. Yeah, you know, I have my kids for the for the Christmas and, and New Year's break, so it's nice to always see them and and get to to hang out with them and stuff like that. And you know, they're they're teenagers, so um, of course they dragged me to the basketball court yesterday. Um, oof, 
I am feeling it today. Yeah, I'm feeling it today. (laughs) Did you you dunk on him? Uh, I did not. Well, first of all, I've never been able to dunk. I was always a shooter, not a dunker. No, you got to get those nine foot rims. That's the best. Yeah. Thing. Well, yeah. Wait, we actually have eight foot rims right behind our house. And, oh, there you uh, go. But we have to jump the fence because it's a school property. So if we wanted to do that, we'd probably get in trouble. So we just don't do it. Yeah. I, I, I've never been able to dunk either. And I wasn't a shooter. So I became a podcaster. And I think it shows. So. <laughs> Should we talk some suns? Basketball since game for podcasting. Let's do it, baby. Should we talk some suns? Since I think that's what everybody's here for. I mean, I know they like us making fun of each other, but <laughs> you know, we've got we've got back to back games coming up against the Sacramento Kings, both in Sacramento. Uh, one, we're recording this Saturday morning. So first one this evening. Uh, obviously, you can catch all of them on Fox Sports Arizona. But guys, what are you looking forward to in game two and three from this Suns team? Obviously, an opening night 106-102 win against the Mavericks. Uh, not the prettiest of victories. We call it a Dave King, but uh, they got the win. Uh <laughs> <laughs> so, what Someone's feisty. This microphone doesn't work for four seconds, and now he's, he's just going to spend the next hour taking everyone down. He's I'm like napalming this thing, boys. He's, so. he's like that bully that gets made fun of by one kid and then turns around and just sees who's laughing and screams at them. Just instead. takes the flame for. <laughs> I've never been accused of being a bully, but I enjoy it, gentlemen. <laughs> so watch out the rest Living of the it show. Out right now, buddy. So the Kings, Suns, Kings, back to yes. back, two games what are we in Sacramento. For? What are we looking for from the uh, from the uh, Valley Oop or the fellas or whatever we're calling them this year? Yeah, no, I'm I'm just looking for them to uh, get a little bit smoother on offense. Uh, they would looked a little clunky on Wednesday night when they started the season, uh, but it was functional and they got it done at the end. And Chris Paul and Devin Booker made the clutch shots to win. So I'm looking for the offense to look a little bit more smooth. I'm looking for some pick and rolls with uh, DeAndre Ayton that don't just end up with Chris Paul having to uh, pass to somebody else because of the triple teams. One good thing is Aiden does draw the defense when he dives down low. The key is to figure out how to get him the ball anyway, or, or force the defense to think you're taking the shot. So Chris Paul is a master. I'm looking forward to that. I'm really looking forward. The second thing I'm looking forward to is an opportunity to go Frank whenever he does something I'm unhappy with, because I'm pretty sure Frank Kaminsky is going to be playing this weekend. He did a, uh, a quick interview with us earlier this week. When he came back, he said, this is where he wanted to be. Frank said this Phoenix is where he wanted to be the whole time. So he's really happy it worked out this way. Uh, and uh, he thought he played well in Sacramento in preseason. And it was just a numbers game. Uh, and he's really happy it's it's worked out coming back here. Um, and uh, someone joked that this could be revenge games against Sacramento this weekend. And he kind of laughed it off, but then agreed. So, I mean, he's only there for a cup of coffee. We'll see what kind of revenge he's got against Sacramento. But um, I'm, I'm more worried about Rishon Holmes' revenge games against the Suns. So we'll see how that goes. Oh, uh, quick uh, answer. Sorry to Herbie. Uh, Sarich is still out with his quad. And when he was interviewed a few days ago, he said it was day to day, but it could be a week or so. So uh, it was a quad injury that he actually incurred before coming back to the States. So I don't know how he hurt himself, but he's still not ready to play. So we'll see. Good thing. Frank's around. The, yeah. the rumor is a break dancing championship. So I'm just kidding. <laughs> 
In, inside joke with some friends who will appreciate that. Look, look, can we really count Frank Kaminsky being spending any time in with the Kings? It was four preseason games in the most truncated <laughs> training camp in history. Like he, they're going to spend almost as much time in in Sacramento the next two days as he That's did pretty- as a member on the roster. So I don't really. Hey, I suppose Mike is out, so we'll just let him keep moving his mouth. Uh, like look, look, we, don't, <laughs> we, we don't, we can't count, we can't count, uh, you know, his time there. And uh, the two days they're going to spend there is is just as much time as he spent on their roster. But I'm just excited that Kaminsky Cove is back, baby. We're, I'm selling property there again, right next to Langston Lagoon. So let's uh, let's get this thing started. Kaminsky back. Saul, what are your thoughts? What do you want to see? Well, you know, I mean, Frank coming back, it definitely helps the depth. I think you saw the lack of depth in the last game, uh, and and it could have gotten far worse had, uh, you know, D.A. picked up another foul or two a little earlier in that second half. So um, luckily uh, the Suns were able to get through it, but they definitely need Kaminsky just to to have another body in there to help out. Another capable body, more importantly. You know, uh, I like Damian Jones and everything, but um, I just – I think Kaminsky gives you a little bit more all, all the way around. Um, and so I, I'm looking forward to seeing Kaminsky back on the court for a little bit, um, just to spot DA and, and maybe even a little Damian Jones. And so, uh, but what I'm more, more importantly, what I'm looking for is this Sacramento team is no joke. Like they can score with the best of them. Mm-hmm. We saw that the other night against Denver, they beat Denver in the road, okay. uh, on the road, uh, up in Denver at, on the last second tip, which was pretty cool. If you haven't seen the highlight, that was a day, our buddy healed running off the court. <laughs> That was pretty hilarious. Uh, but this team can score. And 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 it's not like Buddy Heald's dropping 40 points a game. I mean, they get they they essentially they're starting five, drops 20 apiece all the way through the lineup. So they're a consistent bunch in terms of offense. Now, defensively, they're they're not as good as other teams, obviously. And so that's where the, the Suns can definitely make up some ground. Uh, the Suns are the better team, in my opinion. And so we'll see, but I think it's going to be, I think they're going to be two exciting games back to back. I do. I think these are going to be some fun games to watch. And if you like offense, this, these are the types of games you want to watch. Yeah. I think where Dallas has been a disappointment uh, to some people, I think Sacramento is going to wind up being a surprise. So the Suns can't take these next two games lightly. I hope the refs are a heck of a lot better than game one. And I don't want to be the guy that, that sounds like the, he's just going to bag on the refs all year. But that was a particularly bad opening night on Wednesday. And, uh, you know, for those – look, I'm not going to – I'm not going to try to be a DA apologist. It wasn't a great game like we talked about in the postgame show. Yeah. But if you go back and look at those first two fouls, he was doing exactly what everybody wanted. He was aggressively trying to get position on the block and – they were you. Those fouls could have gone either way. So I, I hope the refs uh, are a little bit more balanced in their approach to calling the game uh, in Sacramento this week. If weekend. you if you watched a little bit of the Mavs Lakers game last night, what Luca was doing to the to the Lakers was no different than what he was doing to the Suns. Yet he wasn't getting the foul calls in his direction half as much as he was against the Suns. And I, so when I was watching that game last night, that really irritated me because I was like, dude, that's that's not even close to consistent. I mean, Luca was getting fouls that I thought were like, what? You, you completely jumped into this guy and you get the foul? Like, I don't know. Especially man. the elbow to the face. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Geez. 
Well, yeah. it's amazing. It's amazing when you're playing LeBron and AD as opposed to the Suns. Yeah. Uh, what happens? Uh, not that refs are biased or anything, but uh, no, no. the Jordan when, rules when, apply to when, other superstars, is what I'm saying. When I look at refs and and the calls that they make, I more look for the positioning versus what they're supposed to be focusing on as opposed to the call itself. Like my my biggest irritant is when there's a ref on the top side making a call down low on the block where it's not even close to his area. Like, dude, yeah. what are you making that call for? It's not even your jurisdiction. Like, stay the hell away. You think yeah. you saw something, but you really didn't, and it's too late because there's no replay. So, ugh, just so irritating. Yeah, I, I I hate focusing on the refs. I think a team should be able to overcome that stuff. It does get really frustrating sometimes, especially when you get those uh, series of bad foul calls in a row that seem to tip the game. But I'm I'm really happy that the Suns uh, beat all that and still won the game. And and I'm looking forward to seeing them be more consistent in that way this year. It'll be fun. Dave, Dave, how uh, and Saul, you can answer this too. But Dave, to start, how important is it to see Chris Paul have a good game in Game Two? Obviously, a very pedestrian game in Game One against the Mavs. Uh, he had the big shot in in the final minute. But how important is it to see him come out and establish? Yes, I am still the guy I was last year for for this team. You know, it's interesting. I'm going to give the same answer I've always given about um, DeAndre Ayton. It's not important to fill the stat sheet if the Suns win. And Chris Paul actually had a very effective game on Wednesday because he helped the Suns win the game. It was most important that he got that big steal and he made that jumper. And he set up, he, he actually made a couple of other really good passes in the final minutes that just the shots were just missed. Uh, I think I saw that he had 16 potential assists on Wednesday night, only five official ones because the other shots were missed. So um, I don't think that uh, it's really important for Chris Paul to fill the stat sheet. I think it's only really important that the Suns win the game and Chris Paul helps the Suns win the game. Uh, so uh, that's, that's my lame answer to that what about you Saul what do you think <laughs> uh, no I, I totally agree I, I think that that's what Chris Paul does though Chris Paul he doesn't need to drop 20 or 30 for you to understand that he had a good game I thought for his first game and the way he was able to facilitate and more importantly what he had to do in the fourth quarter especially in the last two minutes of the game to make sure that the Suns came out victorious is exactly what you expect from a veteran of 15 years like that's what Chris Paul's here to do and so I, I thought for a first game, he did exactly what he needed to do. Mm. And, you know, I, I really kind of enjoyed the dynamic between Booker and Chris Paul because a lot of the talk before the season started was, okay, well, if the game's on the line, who's getting the ball? And it was funny to see Chris Paul kind of take the reins that, that second to last time, and then he handed it off to Booker, mm -hmm. and Booker took it. And they were both equally uh, <clears throat> fine with, with the others. So I, I thought that was kind of nice to see as well. I think that is going to get better throughout the season, that they're going to know when to when to defer to the other. Mm -hmm. uh, Devin Booker's learning um, more and more. Uh, he started with Ricky Rubio last year and now continuing with Chris Paul on how to get open. Uh, he's one of the best off-ball uh, players. Um, that is a big scorer in the league. A lot of the big scores in the league kind of take a playoff when the ball's not coming to them. Devin Booker's constantly moving. I just love that. And uh, it, their, their chemistry is going to just get better and better. 
Well, I, I don't think they did too bad in, in night one either yeah. with deferring too. It, it turned out pretty well. So if it gets better, that's ex extremely promising. But for me, I would like to see uh, Chris Paul. It, I don't necessarily need to see 20 points from, from Chris Paul in one of these two Sacramento games, but I would love to see a big assist game where he is very much uh, the, the guy we've come to know, the point god, if you will, that people – refer to him as where he's setting up his teammates because this offense looked uh, pedestrian at times in game one. And I think it reflected in the fact that I think Chris Paul finished with five assists. Like I, I want Chris Paul to be facilitating that, that offense as much as possible in these games in Sacramento and really get it flowing. That's what's impo most important to me. Uh, with him uh, I need to see that I need to know that this offense can get back to how free-flowing it was in the bubble and I don't have any uh, I, I don't have any qualms I, I don't think that they're going to wind up not getting there but I want to see it early because as we're <laughs> as we're looking at this I, I think every game and it's cliche but every game's important especially when you're playing the west as much as you are early in this season because the likes that you that Sacramento's of the world you know and the Dallas's of the world are going to be bunched up with you there for playoff seating is very high so I want to see them get clicking on all cylinders and in the next couple of games so yeah for sure no I, and I mean it, we just had a question by Herbie Filofranca that um how do you, how do we think CP's minutes are going to be in these back-to-backs mm -hmm. and um you know that's a good that's a great question we're about to find out you know I, I think early on in the season he's probably going to play a little bit more um but as we mm -hmm. you know go through the season I think you know those back-to-backs you know he'll, he'll take a little bit of time off um on one of the two games I'm not sure how it's going to work out but I would assume tonight and tomorrow he's going to be fine uh because you know they the cool thing is is that you know it's not it's not a back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back, so that's nice I guess I don't know well they do have five games in seven days so yeah. uh, my here's my my totally uninformed guess is that if the Suns win tonight he sits out the second game at the back-to-back that's my uninformed guess because he's he is still. Um, they had said he was nursing, you know, a sore ankle and stuff like that through training camp, and they do have five games in seven days. and And if you start two and zero, oh, you can afford to go into that that uh, third game without CP. See, I don't, I don't see it that way. I, I, I think since this is one of these new back to backs, you know, quote unquote, where they're in the same city, they're not traveling. Uh, I think that changes the dynamic here where if he's going to sit out a back-to-back -back in this stretch, I think it's the the back half of the December 31st, January 1st stretch there where they play, I believe it's, uh, I'm trying to remember. It's, it's, here. The, it's the Jazz it's and the Nuggets. Utah and then yeah. in Denver, back-to-back yeah. -back nights. I think if you're going to, if you're going to rest him in a back-to-back, in the traditional back-to-back -back in two different cities, I think is is where you're going to do it because the Sacramento. I don't think this is your typical back-to-back, -back. and it's, as you see, they play Sacramento Saturday night, Sacramento Sunday night. Both of those, uh, you've got tonight, Saturday night, an 8 p.m. tip on Fox Sports Arizona, and then Sunday, a 7 p.m. tip on Fox Sports Arizona. But when you look at it. Uh, You've got Tuesday on national television. They're definitely not going to sit him when they play the Pelicans on TNT. They, they're 100% going to play him 
there and then you've got the back-to-backs on new year's eve and new year's day in utah and then in denver i think if you're gonna sit them at all it's that game in denver uh just because it's that traditional back-to-back there's gonna be a lot of miles this week on his tires so i think that's where you're gonna Mm -hmm. look at it and go I will sit him True. there. If he has to sit, you know, this sure. is interesting. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, you're right. The, uh, the two roadies in the same city, no travel. That'll be, that'll, that'll be a lot less wear and tear on a body than the, than the changing cities. So I think that's a good point. Yeah. Absolutely. And I mean, if it was a day game on Sunday, I could even in the same city, I, I could understand that potentially, Yeah, but we're talking the typical turnaround time in that, uh, but it, everything they're saying, Chris Paul has said, I'm not sitting out unless I'm injured. We've heard James Jones echo the same kind of sentiment. And I know that he's had, you know, a quote unquote, a sore ankle. I don't know how serious uh, of an injury that really is. So uh, this whole season but, is going to be, is going to be interesting with those things because we've never seen same city back to backs, you know, which right. is, is going to be a whole new wrinkle for all this. Yeah, but uh, just going, it's the same training camp, or excuse me, the same training staff as last year. And last year, they established that they're not rushing anybody through any injuries. And so I, that's all. I, we'll yeah. see what happens. But you're right. If As long as he's healthy, it's early in the season, they're not traveling. It's more likely that he plays than not in both games uh, versus a traditional back-to-back. And uh, I think, Saul, you said earlier, later in the season is when we'll start seeing them uh, ration minutes more so than early. So, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I would love to see the Suns go up 3-0, and I think they would too. Yeah. yeah. And the interesting thing is you need Chris Paul's defense because Sacramento – very much goes as De'Aaron Fox goes. So uh, you need CP3 to try to shut him down. And obviously it helps when you've got a guy like a Javon Carter uh, and a guy like a Cameron Payne that come off the bench uh, in those situations as well. So at least you're you're yeah. pretty defensively solid at the position where, uh, you know, where the Kings are strongest, especially you had in Halliburton as well, uh, who – didn't have a great first game, but it had an impact uh, in that Denver game. Uh, you're gonna need oh, you're gonna need those guards to play really good defense in these two against Sacramento. You know, you know, one of the other things that I really, really want to see is more importantly, Jay Crowder. I think Jay Crowder needs to play a much better game than he did the other night. He was he was largely a, a big deficit in the in the in the plus minus column after the game. Um, every time he came into the game, nothing really really happened much when he was on the floor except for that play of the game where he did the no look pass. That was about the highlight of his night. Um, so I'd like to see a better performance for him overall. Uh, he struggled. Uh, he was trying to find his chemistry as well. So I expect him to, to play much better, but um, that's definitely one other thing that I'm looking for. How much yeah, that's a good point. Uh, Espo, you mentioned quickly Tyrese Halliburton. Uh, for those Suns fans who live and die for the draft and never let prior drafts go, um, this is another example of watching uh, Tyrese Halliburton, the dude that uh, many of the draft experts thought would be a top five talent in this draft, and he fell to the – Kings. Now, uh, some Suns fans were frustrated with him not being taken by the Suns at at uh, ten, um, and instead taking Jalen Smith. I think we've seen why um, James Jones wanted a big man in this draft. As it and again, it's okay. James Jones doesn't care if the guy's uh, ceiling on this current 
team is to be a rotation player, a rotation big, um, either center or forward. But going back to Tyrese Halliburton, who is a very talented young man, he is going to play very well. He's probably going to play very well. He's going to do a lot of little things on defense, and people are going to be wishing that he was our third guard on the Suns. Um, but my what I heard uh, through different, obviously, different public sources like any of you guys could have heard is that Halliburton actually, for some reason, wanted to go to the Kings and did not release his either didn't release his medicals or wouldn't do a one on one with the Suns um, as an as an intentional way to get past the Suns. And you know what? If he wants to, uh, you know, sentence himself to Sacramento for his career. Good for him. But listen, uh, James Jones is the honey badger of NBA GMs. James Jones don't give a you-know-what, all right, when it comes <laughs> to what other people think he should do in the draft. And I appreciate that about him. He's going to be wrong sometimes because the draft is a crapshoot. I'd rather have somebody that uh, it sticks to what he believes in and it paid off with Cam Johnson. And mm. Jalen Smith played minutes that they needed in, in game one. So, you know what, got to move past that stuff. There's, there's just – if a guy's not on your team, he's not on your team. It didn't happen. Get over it. That's as yeah, much about that's my big else. thing is like, why don't we just support the team, not the guys the team could have had? Says, um, says the guy well, who brought up the fact that. <laughs> no, I know people that's are going to exactly do what it. I was about to say. I wanted I to establish. You guys need to get over it and then spend five minutes not getting over it. <laughs> no, no, I'm I over it. Saying, I'm just no, talking Dave. through it. This is a podcast. Well, you're an enabler. You're an enabler. You just enabled those people to feel that way. <laughs> Dave, I get what you're saying, though. It's inevitably going to come yeah. up, and you're you're heading it off the pass by making the explanation. I appreciate that. Back to Jay Crowder, though. I wonder how much – because he, he played fairly well uh, in the little things, which is what we – what we really need out of out of Jay Crowder, what the Suns really need out of him, the defensive end, rebounding, passing, those kind of things. Uh, and then they need him to hit his three. And now he came up short with a lot of those. I really wonder how much of that had to do with, you know, playing limited in the preseason, just coming off a long run with Miami. Uh, I, I think he's going to work himself into shape on those shots. And I don't know that that's going to happen a Saturday or Sunday in Sacramento, but he'll get there. There's nobody's ever questioned his ability to to do those things. I think it's just a physically he's got to get there because that that was what those shots looked like from deep on Wednesday night. Uh, I don't know if anybody else noticed that, but that was just kind of the way I perceived it. Well, I agree. I agree. No, I, I overall, like I said, just just the same way as we expect more from like Booker or Aiden, you know, we expect more from the veterans. And Jay Crowder is one of those veterans that we expect a lot from, especially this season. Um, and so, you know, Devin Booker can't turn the ball over half as many times as he did the other night. Like that's yeah. the that was the Eight one glaring thing. Yeah, and and he kind of and he really struggled in the second half for whatever reason. It just didn't look like. You know, the first quarter he comes out and he has such a nice rhythm and flow to his game, and then it just like completely went away. I don't know what happened there, uh, but he found it when it ne when he needed it most in that fourth quarter with that big shot. So, um, and that's why Devin Booker is Devin Booker. But everybody else needs to find that rhythm as well. And it's hard in that in the in the first game after you know you know a truncated off season. These guys haven't played since mid August. And all of a sudden you have preseason games and then real games are just a different speed. Just like they say, the playoffs is a different animal. Regular season is completely different from the preseason as well. And so 
I'm just glad that they won the first game, got that out of their system, and hopefully we'll see smoother and better basketball moving forward. All right. I got I got one for you. Over under guys, nine and a half minutes, Damian Jones on the court uh in, in either of these Sacramento games. I'd say over. I'm going over. I'm, Unfortunately. Ooh. <laughs> I I'm gonna say under. I I'm I'm say, say, I, th- I, I think he'll come in within like the first seven or eight minutes. Oh, I'm saying total minutes he plays, nine and a half minutes. Oh. Not when he comes into the game. My bad. My bad. Uh, Oh, over. Over. I I don't know. After watching Wednesday night, uh, he may have six fouls in nine minutes, the way (laughs) that happened. I have not seen a guy look so lost since the first time I went on a date. All right. Like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> he, looked, he looked like a fish out of water out there on, on Wednesday against the Mav. Like, like anything that could go wrong did go wrong. And that's just, you know, it's just the way it looked. I don't, I, he did not look ready to be playing in an NBA game. It's Jalen Smith sticks looked like he knew more of what he was doing than Damian Jones. And I think he jumps him in the rotation. Well, I tell you what the uh, um, the signing of Frank Kaminsky also takes away uh, a lot of the minutes that Damian Jones might have gotten. I really do think Damian Jones is 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 uh, destined for the Sheck Diallo role. I, he's it's not that it, he doesn't have to have a big role. The problem on Wednesday was there was nobody other than a rookie behind DeAndre Ayton, and DeAndre Ayton got those three fouls in the first quarter. So, um, uh, same thing with Sheck. Uh, Sheck last year. He played good minutes when everyone else was hurt. So I just think, though, that with Frank joining the team uh, last second, not quite being ready, uh, maybe he's ready. Maybe he plays all the minutes and, and Damian Jones barely gets off off the bench. That's fine. But I think for this weekend, uh, Jones is still in the rotation. Uh, that's that's why I went with the over. But I think after this weekend, it's probably going to be an under for the rest of the year. I'm that's surprised a- you. I'm surprised you didn't bring back up uh, Jonathan Motley, and you want him to come back to the school. You know, Jonathan <laughs> Motley needed to be replaced, and I was happy with Frank Kaminsky coming in to replace him. And you know how bad somebody has to be for Frank to be a to definite upgrade. <laughs> hey, you shut your mouth when you're talking about Frank. All right, let's talk Jonathan Motley a little longer. Oh, God, let's go back to Motley again. <laughs> I will figure out a way to mute your mic from here. So I don't have the powers anymore. Look. If- if Damian Jones is playing major minutes either Saturday or Sunday, that yeah. spells trouble for the By Sun. the way, Espo's the one who brought up Damian Jones. I was just talking about Damian Jones, so don't give me crap, Saul, for talking about Jamie Damian Jones. <laughs> Jeez. Look, I just I look at it and you look at you know, what is it? Hassan Whiteside, <laughs> Marvin Bagley the third. Uh you've got Rashawn Holmes on on the Kings roster, I believe, still like they're going to feast if you throw out Damian Jones out there. I mean, well, but you can't, but, but you can't replace Damian Jones uh, with, uh, with sticks. That ain't going to happen because that dude's going to get beasted down low yeah. by Rashawn and, and Whiteside. <laughs> and if, Whiteside. If, that's, if that's your false. So is Damian Jones. So let's Damian Jones won't get beasted down low, but he will foul out. Yeah, <laughs> in those eight minutes that he plays, he won't get he can match up with those guys. You know what I mean? Like he'll get beasted 
and yeah. foul out. It'll get you're gonna get a lot of end ones if Damian Jones is out there. I yeah, just I beasted by like you know anybody that's even all, over a hundred pounds. I, so, I love I love Shaheen the middle. Yeah, Shaheen Middleton in the chat said uh, that. Hassan Whiteside is going to get 20 boards tonight. He always seems to get a ton of boards against the Suns, and he's probably going to get five blocks. But you know what? That doesn't mean they're going to win the game. And you don't have to win every single matchup on the floor in every single minute to win the game. I think uh, um, Hassan Whiteside, there's a reason. He only got a minimum. Con- he, got bare- he, he got the same money Frank Kaminsky got this offseason. All right? So he is a player. He's a good player. He puts up the stats, but his teams don't want to keep him. Uh, so I'm not worried if he gets 20 boards. That doesn't mean the Kings are winning. That's all look, I'm saying. Look, the Sun Solar Panel, the only Phoenix Suns podcast that'll talk about the third string bigs. Like that's that's <laughs> he's gonna end up okay. You're over under. I think it's 30 minutes for Whiteside tonight. <laughs> we we are literally we we're the show that's dedicated to talking about the big. Nobody gives a crap. Hey, we we go deep, man. <laughs> Now let's talk about Tyshawn Alexander. What's the over? Oh my god! <laughs> oh, so so predictions for uh, for these two games at Sacramento. What do you what do you think the Suns come out of uh, the Cowbell City with? I actually think they're going to split. I think they'll yeah. they'll win one and then they'll they'll drop the other. Um, depending on which outcome is tonight, the opposite will happen tomorrow. I know. I just said one and one, so obviously that would have to be the case, right? That's called <laughs> analysis, everybody. I think it's, it's all bringing good stuff. I think it's uh, with mentality and and competitiveness of basketball players. I think it's going to be very difficult to win both games. It's just one team wins the first game, the next, then the other team who lost the first game is going to come out that much stronger the very next night. So I think it's going to be a split too. Oh, but that's ye- okay. That leaves the Suns one, um, two and one. Oh, ye of little faith. We're we're in the holiday season. It's supposed to be a time of of great faith and joy. I'm saying two and zero. Let's just roll with it. Why not? Let's uh, let's say they come out of Sacramento with uh, with two wins. I do think they are the better team. The fact that they're not actually traveling for a second second game, they get to stay in Sacramento. We get a lot of three and zero in the what, chat, which I really hope if, means. They finish three and zero, and not that they think in two games the team's going to go three and zero because improbability there, guys. I if, don't think that's it. If the Suns win both these games on Monday morning, what are you saying? Like, what is the reason why they would have gone two two and zero in these two games? Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton. I mean, it's going oh. to come down to you know DeAndre has to have an impact, and and Devin Booker has to play like he did in the first half of of that Mavs game. I mean, obviously Chris Paul will have an impact, but I think it's going to come down to uh, you know Da needs to have have an impact against these bigs in Sacramento. I mean, that's uh, that's a big part of it. Hey, um, I think actually, and it's funny. Um, I think it's Herbie, the baller in the chat, said that we've spent more time. We've we've talked about Motley and Kaminsky and and Damian Jones, and we haven't yet to bring up the MVP from Wednesday night, Mikael Bridges, and we haven't talked about Cam Johnson much, other than mentioning that he was a good draft pick. Do they play- those guys? I'm actually going to say those guys are the key to winning both games this weekend. That's what I'm going to say. To be fair, we were talking about centers, and if we're playing Mikhail or Cam Johnson, if we're coming back and talking about them playing any center minutes, something went horribly wrong in Sacramento. (laughs) Something went wrong. Look, Mikhail Bridges was 
undoubtedly the MVP, and we talked about that after the game on Wednesday. Mikhail is a guy that's going to lock down whoever he's playing, and offensively, he became significantly more aggressive. Uh, that was something that people wanted to see. They'd even said it during the bubble run, and in game one, he was not shy. You can't say he was shy offensively, and it paid off. And I hope that's that's his new mentality on offense because it was very much like his mentality on defense. It's it's I'm coming in and I'm going to have a huge impact. And I love what I see from Mikael Bridges. He very well may go down as as the Suns' best pick in that draft, and that's not a knock on on DA necessarily. It's just how dynamic Mikael Bridges uh, is proving to be. You know, if if offensively he continues to grow, the sky is the limit for this kid and what his impact will be on the Suns. Yeah, absolutely. He's just fun to watch. He's Inspector Gadget uh, for sure because he's just got such. I mean, he just he pulls out any play he has to pull out to make to make the um, the difference. So good for him. And Cam, um, I introduced that Cam Wow nickname last year, and that one's coming back. That guy is the bomb. I love watching him playing. And you know what? <clears throat> he kind of looks like a sham wow because of the you know the hair the hairstyle he's got. He could he could really clean your floors with that hair. <laughs> <laughs> I still like the plain white tea as his nickname. I, oh, I, plain uh, white tea is good. I like plain white tea as well. Good job, Esmail. Oh my gosh! Uh, look, Cam Johnson, and we again we talked about this on Wednesday, but he he added that where it's not just him as a spot up shooter from three. He's using that to to fake guys out and go inside now and be more aggressive too. So his game. I think it is going to take another step just like it did in the bubble, which really was kind of that from year one to year two jump that, that you expect cam did it in the same kind of uh, same kind of season. Thanks to the four months off due to the pandemic. But I think we're seeing another level that he's starting to take it to look, he's going to have games where he slides back a bit. I'm sure just because that's mm -hmm. the nature of, of year two for an NBA guy. But I, I like what I'm seeing there as well. Well, what's great about uh, Mikel uh, going back to him and cam to, for the, for that most part as well is the same thing that's great about Deandre Hayden. You guys were arguing with me on Wednesday night after the opening game is, is, those guys, no matter what, are always going to put in the effort on the defensive end, and they're not going to they're not going to slack off on that. Their production stats may come and go depending on the game, but their defensive effort doesn't. And uh, you guys were pointing out that same thing with Da. So I like the fact that most of the Suns' rotation, same is true of Campaign, same is true of Javon Carter, who we haven't talked about yet. I feel like Javon Carter is going to have one of the two nights will be a breakout game for him. Uh, the Suns just have hustlers on the team and the workers on the team. And whether they end up with production stats in that box score, they are going to be effort all game the whole time. That's great. Let's fire up the jet. We haven't done this before on the show, but we're going to fire up the jet, you know, the G7, because that's just the kind of money that we're making. We're going to get on that <laughs> private jet. And we're going to go around the league, baby. We, got, we, some, go. we got some questions sure. from around the league, the association, obviously a busy few days, Christmas being one of them yesterday. And let's start off with our first question. What are the chances that Kelly Ube remains a warrior the entire year? 
Man, look, I love Kelly, and he is going to rebound, and he's going to end up being just as good as he has been uh, for the Suns because that's his talent that is that he's got. It's not. It wasn't the scheme in in Phoenix that made him great. It was his it was his own talent. So he's started awfully. I think he's over eleven and from three in the first two games. He's had a tough time. Um, so he is going to play better for the Warriors. Having said that. The Warriors are just getting pasted every night. And it's not just his fault. It's also the fact that they're relying on Andrew Wiggins. And they're relying on a lot of guys they shouldn't have to rely on to be a good team. So if you're the Warriors and you're paying, like, what is it? They're paying the equivalent of $80 million for Kelly Oubre to be on that roster this year to stay competitive while Clay Thompson is out. Eighty million dollars with the luxury tax they will try to shed that salary the question is whether anybody will take it uh um, but yeah so will he be on the team all year probably not but i do think he's going to rebound and be a very good player again before that trade i mean the difference between kelly Oubre on the suns and kelly Oubre on the warriors is that the suns never won world uh, you know world championships and you when you have a roster composed of you know Steph Curry and Draymond Green guys that have been there and done that and understand the process that it takes to get to the to that point and then you have a guy that can I mean there's a viral clip yesterday if you for those of you haven't seen it where Kelly Oubre essentially went one on three and and Steph Curry and Steve Kerr just kind of looked like what the hell is going on right now? You know what I mean? And 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 Kelly Oubre and had Suns those fans are just like, it, "There's Kelly." Well, well, <laughs> yeah. And Kelly Oubre de- did definitely did that with the Suns during yeah. his tenure. And and there there would be looks, but it's much different look coming from somebody who hasn't really won anything versus somebody who has. You know what I mean? Like the impact there is like, well, that's not the way we do things here. Well, if you've never won anything, then why do I need to listen to you about that? If you have then the the message is completely different. And Kelly's going to have to find a way to fit into that. Otherwise, you're right. He's going to be on his way out. Saul, can you throw the graphic back up for me for a second? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Let's go. Uh, There we go. So You see those flames on either side of the question? Yeah. They're emanating from the dumpster that is Golden State right now, okay? And, and, you know, (laughs) much respect for Kelly, but he's part of that right now. And... The, the kind of you know one-on-three stuff that you guys were talking about, to Dave's point, is exactly what we saw in Phoenix. And there was a reason that the ball moved better mm-hmm. in the bubble uh, without Kelly Oubre. And they're going to have to figure out in Golden State how to work him into the offense. This whole, oh, well, we can plug and play him in that clay spot doesn't work if he doesn't take on a, a clay mentality. And right now he's not. And and right now you also have Steph Curry trying to figure out, uh, you know, how to come back after not playing much for nine months and Draymond out. So they'll get better. The Warriors will get better. But I just, I think Kelly is who Kelly is. And eventually if they can find a taker, if, if they start to fall out of, of that playoff contention, they will they will deal him. Kelly right. Kelly, Kelly seems ahead. like a New York Knicks kind of guy. <laughs> oh, yeah. you perfect, know perfect for the Knicks. Prior yep. to Thibodeau getting there, actually, I should say. Because yeah. for Thibodeau. That's a hard, that's a hard, <laughs> that's a hard one right there. Here's my big takeaway. Um, Steph Curry played only a few games last year without Clay Thompson and before he broke his wrist. And then this year he's only played a few games. So it's a very, very small sample size. But uh, Steph Curry is finding that it's a lot harder to be great 
and uh, and to put up the great stats and all that when you're triple teamed because nobody else on your team can score. And Devin Booker was was given crap for that, losing by 30 but still scoring and all that for years. And Booker found a way to score anyway and be efficient and and become one of the most efficient shooting guards in in the game. Um, despite being triple teamed and now Steph Curry has to do it. And you just don't look as MVP ish when your team is losing by 30. And it's, it's nice to see the, the, the script flip just a little bit for a little while. All right, let's, let's land the jet in our next location around the NBA. What is the biggest surprise in the first few days to you guys around the association? Well, I'm not surprised that uh, the Warriors are getting pasted. They just don't have a good team around Curry. It's not Curry's fault. It's not, Steve Kerr's fault. It's just the lineup just looks bad. Draymond Green hasn't been playing either, so they just they're just not a great team. So I'm not surprised about that. <clears throat> I'm really not really. Yeah, no, I can't think of anything. I'm totally surprised by. Just about every game has gone the way I expected it to go. So, gosh, so what's, what's your biggest so, takeaway? No, I'm not surprised. What about you, Saul? Well, you know, I, I think the biggest surprise, honestly, to me is I know that the Lakers lost their first game against the Clippers, but that's kind of like that, that was kind of apropos. That just that's just what the Lakers yeah. do, right? But I think the Lakers high is much higher than I thought the Lakers high would be. If that makes sense, like yeah. their hot is going to be insanely hot. They have so many players mm-hmm. on the court that can score. Um, besides just LeBron and AD. And I think if the Lakers are playing their A game, nobody has a chance. Nobody has a chance. And uh, that's that's what I think is my biggest surprise, watching that game against the Mavs yesterday and how easy it was for them just to get around yeah. that team um, when just a few nights before we had watched the Suns, you know, kind of struggle with that team as well. Um, it's just it's, – it's definitely something to behold. And also, I don't – maybe I'm biased a little bit or whatever, but – Luca definitely doesn't feel like the same type of player he was last year. Now it's early. It's only been two yeah. games. But just watching him yesterday, even the commentators were like, you know, like he's a little slower than his slow used to be. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I, I think it was Scott Howard on on Sun's Twitter who was like, did someone forget to tell Luca there was another season coming up after the last one? <laughs> the feeling is he might be a little out of shape for this one. So he'll just get back into shape. Rick Carlisle is going to figure it out for the Mavs. The Mavs are going to be in the playoffs. The ones, the team that I think is not as good as everyone thought is definitely the Blazers, and they've proven it in the first few games, um, not only preseason, but also starting out their season as well. They're just not um, – going to be as good as some people had them like third in the West. And where did Tom Chambers put the Blazers? Uh, I forget. Did he have them winning the West? I can't remember. Um, I burned that horrendous graphic after the show was over. um, So I don't think, but that's not a surprise to me. I just think uh, that's, that's kind of what I expected coming in. Uh, One of our chatters uh, mentioned the Pelicans having a good start. I think the Pelicans are going to be hot and cold for sure. Um, They're going to have good, real good games. They're going to have real bad games. Uh, they don't have a great uh, beyond obviously Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram. They don't have a really great backcourt. I don't. I've never loved Eric Bledsoe, so um, he's a big. He's he's a he's an important part for them to be successful. I'm not sure that's going to work out for them. You leave the blood show alone. I, but my surprise is the Mavs, <clears throat> uh, the Blazers, and the uh, the Denver Nuggets. Their starts. It's not what anybody expected from from those three teams to start. So next, uh, next destination, as we uh, the final land, one. 
final time. The Nets, are they the best team mm. in the East as we head to Brooklyn? Go ahead, Saul. Uh, I think they are. I think they are. I just there's not another uh, duo like uh, Katie and Kyrie in in the league outside of maybe LeBron and AD. Uh, I just that's just my personal opinion because because I feel like those two guys can take over a game by themselves at any given moment. Uh, Kyrie's just insane. Uh, his handle is just one of the best in the league. He can shoot. He can drive. He can do it all. And then yeah. then you add to that KD, and we've already we know what KD can do. So. Um, those two guys, man, and, and the rhythm that that they have found quickly in in Brooklyn, adding to a team that are, you know, that was that was already pretty decent um, from last year. It just, man, that that team's really scary um, coming out mm-hmm. of the East, and um, I don't know if anybody else can match up with those two in a in a seven game series. So I would say that the Nets are the best team in the East. If Katie stays healthy, I think they're the best team in the East, too. I totally agree with that. And Steve Nash's um, understated influences, we'll call him, uh, because n- those two aren't going to listen to Steve, tell him to do something they don't want to do. But uh, that is an extremely talented team. And, yes, I think they're going to have a great season, and they'll, they probably will be number one in the East and get out of the East and into the finals. And, and more power to them. I'm, I'm excited for Steve Nash having success but, as a coach. But, you know, I, I always th- find that confusing when people say that kind of stuff, like, oh, he's not going to listen to him. Guys like Steve Nash, Steve Kerr, um, Pop, they find ways to be able to get after guys and relate to them and get them to buy into whatever message that they're trying to display because of, of who they are. You know, that's that's how that that's why they were such great players on the court, not so much physically, but, you know, mentally, you know, they were just able to get guys to believe in what they're trying to do uh, somehow, some way. And I think that's going to be no different with Steve as a coach, you know, and and so I, I, I kind of disagree when people were like, well, he's, you know, when when the rubber meets the road, they're not going to listen to him. Uh, I don't know about all that. You know, what I mean, there's no way we can know. We I don't think, know. You're right. Absolutely. You don't know. I think they listen to him more than somebody that didn't play. They have respect for him oh, because yeah. they know uh, he was one of the best. And I think that's one of the ways you're going to get to Kyrie Irving is that he knows that you know what you're talking about. You're not just some guy who's studied film. You're a guy that's been out there and played well. I, look, right now they are definitely the best team in the East. Health, as Dave said, uh, is going to be a big part. And if they keep enough sage uh, for Kyrie Irving to burn before each game. If they run out of that, they may have a problem. You know how superstitious guys are. So that is around the league. We'll probably do that from time to time to talk a little bit about the NBA as a whole. But you know what? It is time for the best part of this show. Hands down, no questions asked. It is time for Espo's Big Board. That's right. Look at Saul firing on the graphic just there in time. Go, baby. I'm ready. Week, Perfect. We are recording this the day after Christmas. And you know what the day after Christmas means in America, right? It means it's time to return the stuff you didn't like that you got the day before. <laughs> uh, that is just what the 26th of December is in the United States. And yes, it's a little different this year, as is everything. But, you know, there's probably more Amazon returns than going to the stores to return things. But that's all right. The spirit of the day after Christmas is still there. And in that spirit, we're doing the top five sons things I wish I could return right now. At number five is the Joe Johnson trade. And people will say, whoa. Oh, they got Boris Dio out of that deal. And the pick that became 
well, unfortunately became Robin Lopez. Everybody thought it'd become something better. But can you imagine if you never make that deal, you sign the Joe Johnson extension, what that seven seconds or less era would have really been like? Man. Joe Johnson, Steve Nash, Amari Stoudemire, Sean Marion. Like, there's not a better four in the NBA in that time period. They they would have, even in the year that Amari gets injured, uh, you know, been that much better. I I I think about that from time to time whenever we talk about biggest what ifs in Suns history. And if I could return that trade, I would return it faster than the pair of tube socks. But then you'd get none of the chocolate croissant, you know, for years. You're okay with that. Okay. Without having Boris Diaw and his espresso machine in his locker. uh, You know, (laughs) if, uh, if I can keep, uh, ISO Joe and and you know those big shots that he would have hit for Phoenix, yes. So uh, so <laughs> the chat uh, Lewis Lewis doesn't want us to bring up the Joe Johnson trade. Well, <laughs> I just did, and I can't take it back. You can add that to your return. So let's head to number four. It's another trade that if I could get this back, I would. It was the trade for the big Shactus. Look, Sean Marion had his problems complained a bit, but man, the year that they dealt him, they were actually having a very good year. They were playing very well in the West. They were number one in the West. Yes. I mean, I would have run, would have loved to see them run that back at least for that full season and, and give that seven seconds or less core one more shot. And I'm guessing if you go back and ask Steve Kerr and that group, in retrospect, they probably would have liked to have done that too. Sure, we got a Shaq MVP at the All-Star Game in Phoenix, and that's about all we got out of it. It was another exit against the Spurs in the playoffs with Shaq on that roster. It just always felt disjointed. You were trying to be the fastest, most dynamic team in the NBA, and you add a guy that uh, you know, at that point in his career uh, ran like Luca. Uh, it's not exactly what you wanted. So I love that. This is just be, we're getting slight. I still remember in. not moving from my couch for like 30 minutes after that first playoff game with Shaq against the Spurs. And, and somehow the Spurs pulled that freaking game out in game one, the whole playoffs could have been different if they, if that game had been different. Yes. Yes, it could have. And it didn't go different. And that's why I want to return this. I want to return this, like getting that book that you have three copies of that you got on Christmas day. What, so, what's, the, what's the Christmas phrase? It says if, 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 if sin butts were candies and nuts, then every day would be Christmas. I think that's, that's true. Of wow. There we go. <laughs> number three, <laughs> number three is any uniform after the early 90s sunburst uniform, other than the Valley uniforms that came out this year, everything has been underwhelming and just kind of undynamic. You had the best looking uniforms in all the league. Then you transitioned to these abysmal things that they wore during the seven seconds or less era. And then everything since has been just not great. Dude, like, you just missed the short shorts. You're outing yourself. They didn't wear the short shorts in the 90s. Oh, don't worry. They are coming back. Don't you worry, Dave. (laughs) Oh, shit. They've been coming back. We don't need that that to come back, man. It's coming back, whether you like it or not. I just want a good-looking 
truly interesting Phoenix Suns uniform. And I think the Valley one gets close, but I want to see a full set that harkens back to those days because, yeah, I'm doing the old man get off my lawn kind of thing. But, yes, uniforms, number three would I return. Number two, and if you didn't like the Joe Johnson one, oh, you're going to hate Anything involving Robert Ory, including oh, the trade God. that brought him to Phoenix. Seeing Look, him in a uniform of the Suns with Sam Cassell in the background. Look. Look, there is there is nothing worse when you look back at the history of the Phoenix Suns than Robert Ory. Was a big part of the teams that beat them uh, when they played Houston in the playoffs. Big part of the Lakers being dominant in their time. The hip check. Oh, and yes, he did play for the Suns briefly and was uh, unceremoniously traded because he threw a towel in the face of Danny Ainge, the head coach. He was the Markeith Morris and Marcus Morris before it was cool. So, combined. Uh, combined. Combined, yes. He, uh, he's been a thorn in the side of the Suns, and anything Robert Ory, I would return uh, as fast as possible. There's so, nothing quite like that. You'd return no. that as fast as the towel at Ainge's face. Absolutely. You know, a, f- a funny story. When I was in the military, we had to go up to Alabama. I was stationed in Florida. We went up to Alabama and it was the day after uh, or we got traded. Um, and I'm sitting there and we're going through and we run into Andalusia, Alabama. And if you don't know where Andalusia is, you don't need to know because it's like yeah, a small town. Nobody cares about it. But if you look up, there's billboards everywhere because that's the hometown of Robert Ori. And it has like five-time NBA champion, two-time NBA champion. Like, there's billboards all over the place, and it's just – it makes you just want to throw up. Really I need does. to counter. Cool story, bro. <laughs> we all do that. No, but, like, look, Robert Ory is this guy. Why is Espo being such a jerk today? What is the problem? What the heck? He all his coffee. Man, alive. That was, like, uncalled for. Did not sleep. All right. So number one <laughs> on the return list, you're going, hey, if if Robert Ori under the tree isn't number one, what the heck would be? The 1968 coin toss would be. That's right. Oh, and us, the fans. Wow, because, Jerry's looking young and slick there. Yeah, and miserable because this is the exact moment that the commissioner said they didn't win the coin toss. And you know what? We, the fans, at least the ancestors of us in fandom, are to blame because they did a poll via the Arizona Republic, and fans at 51% said, choose heads. Well, guess what? It was tails. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar goes to Milwaukee, and misery comes to Phoenix in exchange. Uh, that's kind of been the, the start there. So if I could return that and call tails, I would do that in in a heartbeat. So that is Espo's big board, the top five returns in Suns history that I. That was a great big board, man. Thank you. I try. I mean, it's it it's no having uh, Halliburton in my top five, but you know, you know, it is a. Yeah, let's cut out his mic. That's That's perfect timing. Oh, that's too bad. (laughs) He was was having a cool little story there. Cool story, bro. (laughs) Bro. Hey, do you have one of your little segments, Saul, right here? I do not. Not today. We Good. do not have to imagine. Imagine this. What if Espo was nice? How about that? <laughs> okay. There Maybe I'll go. get more sleep before the imagine next this. one. <laughs> <laughs> imagine this. In a world of pure imagination, it's not happening. <clears throat> See, Espo's got 363 more days to get back on Santa's nice list. Oh, so he's taking today as his, as his freebie. 
It is a free. <laughs> the day after Christmas is always a free. Meal. I'll return my attitude tomorrow. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will say this. Um, you know, we we had a nice successful launch of the lunar panel the other night. The lunar and, panel. Uh, and the next one will be January 3rd, for those of you keeping track. And that is the night when... Thanks for telling us. Yeah, well, I'm just letting you know now. <laughs> right here, it's live breaking news Brilliant. just for you. And if you two are not there, oh, well, I'll just run it by myself. At least nobody can make fun of me. Jeez. Um, so January 3rd is the night that they play the Clippers, and we will have live reaction after the Suns post game on Fox Sports Arizona. Saul, I will, I will send you a... Uh... Uh, my wife's cell phone number so you can get clearance on these with her because it doesn't matter what I say. That's who you're going to have to get approval from on these uh, late night. Otherwise, giving you the notice, man. Check it out. Look at these. It's not stopping, Saul. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've I've already started to, to build the filter where I don't even listen to it anymore. <laughs> Good. You've officially become a member of the Sun Solar Panel. Right? If, you've, uh, if you've gotten to that portion, Dave does yeah. it because he's hard of hearing. I do it because I want to. What? <laughs> I, yes, I will have a new XLR cord before the next show because. This one, if I let go of it, it does not work. All right. That, this is why you know. This is how you uh, you know why I clear my throat all the time so I can drown out Espo. Okay. No, it's <laughs> just because you're old and apparently I don't know how Damn, to use mute. This is a bad day. Yeah. <laughs> I love all of you. Thank you so much for putting up with with this today, Diego. In the chat, did Espo borrow Dave's internet? No, I did borrow some uh, really bad radio stations XLR my cord though on my mic. So. Hey, I want to thank Cox for giving me <laughs> and most of our people two different internet connections: one yeah, slow, one fast. Do Why do they do that? And my laptop last uh, for the lunar panel picked up the slow one, I, and I didn't even realize during the thing. So, sorry about that. I'll check and maybe tell my laptop to ignore that. What is that one G connection that they give you? <laughs> hey, it's, uh, the, the one G. Don't you don't you rip Jesus. on G, any kind of G here? All right. <laughs> All okay. right, Espo, whatever you say. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, B is in the chat. You can buy a timeshare in Kaminsky Cove. Hit me up on Twitter. Uh, special prices until he plays his first game. So you can still get in <laughs> on that if you're wondering. Uh, <laughs> hey, let's make one prediction here. My prediction is Frank Kaminsky is going to get an almost double-double in one of these games this weekend. Ooh. Ooh, that's Not a bold prediction fouls, right there. Boom. <clears throat> Uh, not counting fouls no <laughs> no no points rebounds i'm gonna i'm gonna go damian jones gets more fouls than points in these two games that's my prediction wow Ooh. i'm gonna go um let's go deandre let's go da is going to have at least 25 and 12 in one of these games oh boom i like it I, I will take that. And Landon in the chat, one of our flaming ballers, says this solar panel would have been great if Espo didn't decide to throw salt <laughs> in the old sun. He did, man. He was going after everyone today. Flamethrower. Yeah. If the listeners thought they were getting it's away with it. It's almost as if he didn't get what he wanted for Christmas. What did you get for Christmas, Espo? Cole? I had to show up here with you guys two times in four days. You know what? Give me your wife's number so that way I can text her and be like, hey, what did you do to my man yesterday? What is his problem? Yeah, I tell you what, man. Call if you could make, get his wife to be nicer to Espo, he'd probably really appreciate it. 
You back off the misses. You think I was mean. You think I was mean this episode. Just wait. <laughs> whoa. Whoa. That is, the line. that is the line. <laughs> it is time to hit the eject button here on the sun solar panel as we've come so far off the rails that uh, I don't even know what we're doing anymore. So you can follow <laughs> Uh, the Silver Fox at on Twitter at Dave King NBA. The NBA is there because uh, he couldn't buy a box of just for men. So he made himself feel better by putting three letters in his Twitter handle. You've got the, uh, the Carmel Thunder from down under uh, below me on the screen. It is Saul Bookman. You can find him at Saul underscore Bookman. The underscore is because there's probably two or three more important Saul Bookmans that took the Saul Bookman without the underscore on social as well full disclosure i have these just saw bookman but it was the first account i ever made and i can't fi figure out how to delete it because twitter won't let me so it's just out there and nobody's using it the at least they, at least you know if anybody's using it oh it, hey uh gerald borgay's hacker could go find it and then just totally there ruin you your career yeah you Fa Fabio in the chat just said, Espo got a Trevor Ariza jersey for Christmas. Actually, I thought he got a Robert Ory jersey. I would, the way he's going you know today. I'm the kind of guy that actually would appreciate the Trevor Ariza or Robert Ory jersey in my <laughs> very bizarre jersey collection. By the way, before we get out of here, RIP to Hamed Haddadi's record as the highest jersey number mm. in Suns history. He was supplanted by uh, Jay Crowder the other night. Hamed wore 98. Jay Crowder wearing 99. So congratulations, Jay, on that. You can find me on Twitter at Espo. It's the most egotistical thing I could find. And it's so egotistical that I put it over my shoulder here if you're watching on video. <laughs> so uh, you can find the Fox Sports Arizona wherever you are on social. Highly recommend you hitting that like button, hitting the subscribe button on YouTube. And then you can find the Sun Solar Panel on Twitter at Sun Solar Panel. So until next time, we'll talk to you later here on the Sun Solar Panel. Ahoy, ahoy. Yeah, you can't hold me down. Yeah, how you like me now? You won't beat that have a call. Oh, it's like bling blow, ayy. Yeah, you can't hold me down. Yeah, how you like me now? You won't beat that have a call. Oh, it's like bling blow, ayy. Gonna. 